This episode of True Sex and Wild Love is brought to you by Curacao Chocolates. And Curacao is so delicious. I'm mm. not a big chocolate fan, I must admit. Mm-hmm. But when they sent us these chocolates, I was blown away. They're 100% organic, dairy-free, gluten-free, soy-free, and cane sugar-free. How's that even possible? I don't know, but just try it. You will not regret it. The other really great thing about this company is that they work with farms that are actually helping to reforest the Amazon rainforest. Sustainable chocolate people get some. Mm-hmm. And you guys can use the promo code CSPOT in all caps to get 20% off of your first order. And I definitely want to let you guys also know about the Cococo drinking chocolate product line. And I love hot cocoa with a little bit of you know, cinnamon, and you get the whipped cream on there. Get it. Mm. Go That's get right. it. Check them out on Instagram at Chocolate, and it's C-O-R-A-C-A-O chocolate or com. You guys have heard me talk about this before, but it's because I absolutely love these sex toys, sweet vibe toys, are my favorite. Now, they're all under $50. They come in really bright, fun colors. And I really haven't found something that just, you know, gets my O. <laughs> so I hope you guys check them out. It's sweetvibe.toysonline. And if you want to have your own O, use our promo code, which is wildlove. Have some fun. So on this episode, we had two very good friends of mine who I'm obsessed with. Nikki Agrawal. I met her. I almost fell down. Yeah, she had no pants on. She wasn't wearing pants. She had thought about removing a tampon in the cab on the way. And her husband, uh, Andrew, was like, "Mm, maybe wait till we get to the studio with Whitney and Wednesday. But Andrew Horn is such a cool guy. No judgment of his wife for almost doing that. No, it's incredible. And And their marriage is incredible. Yeah, we get into their marriage, we get into love contracts, we get into how they run business together and how they're raising a toddler. And like the business of marriage, but passionate, sexy business of marriage. Mm-hmm. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Have fun. Yes. All right. Here we are in New York City. You introduced me to two new people today. Mm-hmm. You're always expanding my horizons. As are you. Now they're very, very expanded. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can feel it. They walk into the room. They have cool hats. They're in like the best clothing ever. I don't know what these little stringy things around your neck are called, but I Pom-poms. love those. Not wearing, I'm not wearing pants either, but that's only because I was at Daybreaker this morning. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't usually walk around without pants on. But. Which is like a, I mean, maybe you should though more often. I maybe know. all of us should. I think we should. Yeah. I think I think as a woman, I would feel so much better if I were walking around without pants. <laughs> I feel like a boss in a dress. Right. Probably because my vulva is more free. <sighs> and you get the breeze and you're just like mm-hmm. floating. So you're going underwearless. No undies. I didn't say that. I yeah. guess I'm just But assuming. you know, just guess. Just yeah. let your imagination run wild. I very rarely wear undies. Just feel like I'm a little constricted, you know? Yeah. I do. There are some undies I do wear that I like especially. And Mickey made them. Wow. Look at that segue. I'm sorry, but it's true. Whoa. Okay. The other day I was wearing Thinks in bed because I'm 53 and I no, never you're know not. when am I going to get my period? Do I have it still? Do I not? Whatever. Thinks have become my go-to. So would you please tell us what thinks are in case anybody listening doesn't know? And then can I get back to my confessional about how your thinks changed my life? <laughs> They're period-proof underwear that protect you from leaks and keeps you feeling dry. And so like for me, my sister and I came up with the idea in 2005, so many, many years ago, when we were defending our three-legged race championship title. For like the, <laughs> hold on, like 10th time? Ten, yeah, we were 10-year reigning champions. How did I not know this part of the story? Well, so three-legged race was the mother of invention. You were like, we have to win this three-legged race. Yeah, and well, my sister started her period in the middle of the race. And we were tied to each other. And so we had to like really like sprint through the finish line, still in first place, of course, up through the, like through the like courtyard of our backyard and then up the stairs into the guest bathroom. It's just like blood running down both of y'all's Oh, yeah. Legs. Oh, yeah. Blood running into my sock. Drama. You know? I like the drama. You know? And then, and then as she was washing out the blood from her bathing suit bottoms was when the idea hit. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, my God, wouldn't it be amazing to create a pair of underwear that never leaked, that supported women, that like absorbed the blood that actually like did the job. Have you guys ever thought about doing swimwear? 
I was actually yeah, thinking absolutely. about that. The thing is with swimwear, you can't, you know, 70% of swimwear actually never end up in the water. Because we're just wearing People it for just, show. Yeah. Oh, is that crazy? Wow. I yeah. bought a Malia Mills bathing suit and it was like, do not take it in the hot tub. Do not sit on a hard surface. I was like, fuck <laughs> you. Like, what am I supposed to do in this? Oh, I'm supposed to sit stand here there. in it. No, right. no, no, no. And you can't even stand sit. there. Look you like a Barbie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Basically. So, the, so, so, so when you're in your period, you know, you, like it, the, the underwear absorbs the blood, right? right? And so you like, if you go in the water and you come out, it's not like, Oh, it's, you know, like it's absorbing it, but then there's like tons of water absorbs up to two tampons worth. Right. And so Mm. anything beyond that will overflow. And so we, we, we're like bathing suits are, we do dance wear, stuff like that, but bathing suits, um, if you are just sitting on the beach, it's perfect. Right. But in the water, it's a bit of a challenging It's tricky, right? Yeah, it's trickier. It's one of those conundrums. I feel like we've been dealing with it forever. You know? Andrew, have you ever worn things? That's a great question. I don't think that I have. You never... I don't think I've ever been asked that question either. That's a (laughs) really original question. question. As soon as you asked that, I was like, I'd love to actually try them on. I will say say that in an investor meeting in the very beginning when no one was investing in the business because everyone was like, ew, gross, sounds disgusting... Um, I had, you know, a few different male investors and males like put the tamp, put a, put a pad on right. and walk around and feel what that I'm feels like. I'm like, go to the bathroom, put this pad on, walk around and see what it feels and like. And see, what see how long like. it's going to last. Right. Uh-huh. I'm okay. curious, which pair would you want to see me in? Um, which definitely style? the thong. <laughs> <laughs> He's going for it. Can we just have proof of this? It, I mean, it's happening here. Um, that can be, that can be our, our episode shot. Like our episode shot. That can we'll be go the home shot. and take this yes. one and send it to you guys. Done. Yeah, Done. I want to see it. Done. Can we just go back to what those investors said to you after they walked around with them? Ma- like, I, I hope you gave them the most giant maxi pad. That's the oh, one yeah. for like after oh, childbirth. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. They were like, oh, yeah, I understand. And we're like, yeah. Right. Here's your money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're like, Please never like, make me put we're that like, back stand on. Stand up, sit down, stand up again, walk around, sit down. Now stand up again. Uh huh. How does it feel now? Right. And there's getting more and more wedgy up. You know what I mean? And it's they just weren't like, even having the experience of like, what if? You know the what if experience. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. What if? Oh my god, I forgot to wear black pants. What if that happens? Oh, my dress is white. What if? Right. What if? How much does that hold us back? Right. The what if experience right. when we have our periods. I mean, it's true. You put an end to that, lady. I mean, I think it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool that periods are cool now. And I'm on my next thing is in the poop space. Well, I'm on to poop. Okay. This is so good. Yeah. This is great. Yeah, from menstruation to shit. That's right. We That's okay. right. all do it. We all and poop. Like, and the fact that we're using dry paper to wipe the dirtiest part of our bodies. In many parts of the world, they think we're bonkers for that. I mean, in many parts of the world, they use water in Japan and in a lot of Muslim countries, like they just think- I mean, Andrew, you you know, what do you have to say about Toshi? Well, I mean, if you just think about if a bird takes a shit on you, Right? Mm. Are you going to go into a bathroom and just wipe it off with dry paper? I'm going to jump into <laughs> no, a body you're gonna of water. Like throw water. You're going to douse your entire body in water and get it off. Right. And yeah. so then you go into the grossest part of your body that's literally covered in shit and you're just wiping it around with dry paper. Smearing it's literally smearing. insane. It's actually insane. It's like the indoctrination is so real. And the fact that we've been so deeply led to believe for generations since the late 1800s that this dry toilet paper actually properly cleans you. And what it does instead, it, get, it, it helps exacerbate. 30 million cases of chronic urinary tract infections, hemorrhoids, anal fissures, anal itching, like itchy butt, wet wipes, forget about it. They actually create more anal itching because they strip away the natural oils from behind. Wait, who was the jackass that came up with toilet paper? (laughs) I mean, it's this, yeah. No, the Scots brothers, the Scots brothers brought them to America. You know, Scots paper. Yeah, right. And, And not to mention like, 15 million trees are cut down every single year to make toilet paper. Okay, just toilet paper just industry, toilet paper. stop. Yeah. Just stop. Well, make sure we have something to right here. No, let's wait. Let's have some toilet paper until Tishy takes over the world. Right. And then we all use Tishy. But let's make it fast. Right. Well, so yes. so just explain what Tushy is. It's simply, a, it's a bidet that easily attaches to your existing toilet and turns any toilet into a bidet in 10 minutes. Okay. So there's like no plumbing, no electrical. It's like such a beautiful, you just literally turn this knob. You can like sip on champagne. There's it's different like colors. I probably will. Fabulous experience. Okay. And so it sprays your butt clean. It's sort of like 
a Toto, like, yes, billion dollar Japanese toilet that we all love when we go to a hotel and we say, Oh, can I have that? And then it's like, You can for how many? Yeah, you know, like $5,000. And how yeah. much is the tushy? $69. Actually, $79 because we've made some upgrades. Okay. And well, so I think it's worth it. Yeah. It's $79. It. Anything under 100 is like unbelievable for beautiful designer product. And I mean, look, it's like the, ridiculous. Thing, you're going to use it probably, hopefully, multiple times a day. A day. So like price per use is basically nothing. Okay. Hold, hold. <laughs> and you save like hundreds of dollars a year on toilet paper consumption because you're using 80% less toilet paper to pat dry. Like you still have to still use a little bit to pat dry mm-hmm. for the, you know, because you're washing it. Right. But, you know, a lot of people use butt towels. We have organic butt towels on subscription. And we or, or uh, we have organic butt towels. And we also have organic bamboo toilet paper on subscription to okay. cut your entire tree cutting thing completely. Okay, just sign me up. You know? A few questions. We know how you got into the period space. Yes. An accident during a three-legged race. Yes. Okay, how did we get into the poop space? I need to know the story. A really great Valentine's Day gift. Which was from the day that I met Mickey, she was obsessed Anal? with bidets. No. <laughs> Still working on that one. Yeah. It's, we'll it's talk just, about that one. Yeah. Um, so she was obsessed with bidets because she's half Japanese. And so she'd always talked about this. And when I looked at bidets, like you talked about, there's these thousand dollar options. Right. And I had to search far and wide to find one that we could just attach to our toilet. So I found one, but it was this hideous thing that looked terrible, but worked. And it was amazing. So immediately when she saw how ugly it was, and she's one of the most prolific designers on the planet, she was Mm. like, I know what I can do here. And five years later, and they're just crushing Okay, so you just said, this is my project. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, Americans haven't adopted the bidet, you know, and and for very cultural reasons. I mean, you know, during World War II, when American soldiers went to fight World War II, they would see bidets in French brothels. And they would associate bidets as something sexual. Mm -hmm. And sex is bad in America. Puritanical America says no. And therefore, people were like, when soldiers came back, they were like, no, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll import pizza, but we'll not import the bidet. The bidet. It's yeah. way too sexy because yeah. it was used in a brothel. Yeah. Okay. So uh, here's a question from a writer. I know when I say I'm going to give three years to a book, I kind of know why. It's <laughs> something I can live with for three years. How do you know that you can give all this time to a project? Like you wanted this thing personally What's the process of like, yeah, this is where we're going to put our time and energy and money and passion. How do you know that? Like for people listening, if they're pursuing an idea. I mean, I just think it necessity is the mother of invention, right? So mm-hmm. for me, my first business, I have, I have a few gluten-free pizza restaurants, right? And it was, it was, I opened them out of, out of stomach problem, having lots of stomach aches all the time, eating like dairy and crap and bleach and all this food that wasn't food. And then with things, I was having period accidents constantly. Mm. And then with with going to the bathroom, like pooping, like I had a very acute hyperthyroid condition in 2014 and 2015, which made me poop like sometimes up to eight times Whoa. a day. It was really debilitating. It was really f- fucked up. You couldn't leave the house probably. I was just like, and big poops. Like I, I went down to like 101 pounds. Like it was really scary for a while. Mm. And going to the bathroom was really, really freaking annoying. And it was not like and clean poops. Too. They were just like, they were just like kind of like just like not clean poops. So I had to jump in the shower constantly. It was interrupt my whole day. It was just an ugly experience. And then when you're in the shower, that angle, yeah, depending on the angle that yeah. you use, that E. coli can go right, right, into into, your, right. right up into your vagina, into your urinary tract. And then like UTI. you said, you can get a UTI. Okay. So Versus you like, like a precision, you know, stream that goes right to your butt and goes into the toilet. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I was just really, you know, frustrated. And then Andrew for Valentine's Day that, you know, uh, but that was 20, it was like 2012. So he got a couple of years prior, um, you know, it's, it actually saved my life. And so it was, it was around that time that he got me yeah. the day. Maybe it wasn't exactly, it was a few well, years later. I mean, one of the things that you say in your first book, Do Cool Shit, is one of the first questions you should ask before you start a business is, can I be passionate about this for a long time? Well, no, the first question is what sucks in my world. Yeah. The second question is, does it suck for a lot of people? And the third question is, can I be passionate about this for a really long time? God, I love that. That's, That's exactly what I'm doing right formula. now. We talked about the company that I'm starting, you know, recently with Feminine Caroline, and that's exactly what it is. It's hell yes, I'm going to be passionate about this for a long time. Do I have an issue with it? Yeah. 
all the damn time. The wind blows and my vagina freaks out. Yes. And how many people have to deal with that? So many. Mm. Exactly. God, it's, you got me fired up. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and so that's it. And and I just, I just also the fact that we've been using dry paper, it's disgusting. Like I just, like going to the bathroom is just a really gross experience. All right. So w- say the three things again. What sucks in my world? Does it suck for a lot of people? And can I be passionate about this issue, cause, or community for a really long time? Okay, people looking for a mission and wondering, is this what I'm going to do? What should I ask myself? You should ask him what he's doing. We just found out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but also just to to touch on that in terms of how to start a business and to think like you have your three-year timeline, right? When you start a book. And it's like this idea of how long am I really going to be doing this for? And one of the things that's been fun to watch about Mickey's entrepreneurial evolution is that she has so much more clarity about what she's best at now and what really mm-hmm. makes her come alive. And it's the the creativity. It's the branding. It's like how to articulate what something is in a way that people are going to latch onto it and care about it. And so now she's also become excellent at finding other people to fill in the gaps where she doesn't come alive. Mm-hmm. So with her new company, mm-hmm. Tushy, she has an incredible CEO, Jason. She has an incredible COO, Justin. Uh, Justin. And have a great team. Yeah. So she has an incredible team. And so that's why you know she's able, she's liberated herself to now enter that space of creativity and invention. That it's is so hard. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's so hard to contact your inner boss and say, this is what she's good at. And now I think the most boss thing is to delegate. Yeah. So many women have a hard time delegating because we're just raised like you have do to do everything. everything. <laughs> it won't get done well if you don't do it yourself. But, and I think it's such a badass thing to be able to delegate. So it I, is. And you bring everyone's superpowers into one company like Tushy and it blows up. And your marketing and the videos they do is mm. hilarious. <laughs> like everyone, please go look at it and you'll die laughing. By the way. Do not go to tushy.com. It's a yes. very graphic porn site, as I have to say over and over again. I mean, for a really cool true sex and wild love podcast, it could be interesting. <laughs> if you are, yeah, but, if you want but, but if you want, anal. if you want hardcore <laughs> anal, go there. But if you want to check out Tushy, go to hellotushy.com. Hellotushy, T-U-S-H-Y. Okay, a couple questions. I want to know about this partnership and how the partnership informs what you guys do creatively. And I want to know about your pers- about your relationship. I heard you have a really interesting story about how your relationship got started. Yeah. Just can you talk a little bit about work and life and love and how they intersect with you guys? Yeah, yeah. well, share what you're... Cool well, so I, I would say that about the relationship is we met at an entrepreneurship conference. And so I think that this creative streak was already such a part of our lives. It's like both of us were kind of alive in our own creations. I was running a children's nonprofit at the time doing adaptive athletics. and so Which is basically helping children with, with disabilities do extreme sports and play with, you know, play like baseball with like the Washington Nationals and, wow. and play hockey with like the Washington, I, you know, and play like do How all these. How could you not fall in love I with know. this man on the first day? Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Just gorgeous heart. Yeah. Which definitely did kind of happen. We had a thing for each other when we first met. But then I found out that she had already made out with one of my very good friends in DC. So I had Ooh. to tap the brakes. How'd you find out? Because I was about <laughs> to go and take her outside and look at the stars, which was code for I know, we were, make out. Yeah, we were dancing under the stars. <laughs> and then he was like, Oh no, we were dancing on a boat. It was on a boat going from Miami to Bahamas. Um so and, and while we were dancing, he was like, Hey, you want to go to the upper deck and look at the stars? And, and I was like, like, yes, yes please. I think I know what that means. <laughs> and on what? the and then way there, no, and on the way there, we run into this guy that I had made out with two days before. I was newly single, okay? Well, the guy oh, walks up on. to me and he yeah, doesn't know that we're vibing. And so he just says, that's the girl I slept with. No, not slept well, with. You guys, you guys hung No. Jeez <laughs> oh, Louise, <laughs> excuse me. We did not sleep together. We literally hooked, like we made out. We like, like you when know. When I say sleep, I meant like you guys slept in the same place. You didn't okay, sleep fine. together. Yeah, yeah. Well, slept together sounds very like... Like we slept together. Okay. Okay. Clarification. Yeah. So that was our first moment, but there was immediately a vibe. And then as it evolved, it became this like best friend vibe of like, it was so easy for us to be together. We had so much fun. I still loved him though. (laughs) And for me, so So did you fall in love with him? Like that night? I mean, like I, I fell in love with his vibes. Yeah. We have have very specific moments where we realized like, Oh, this is a for real thing. Mm -hmm. But that wasn't until burning man. That wasn't until burning man. And so we had hung out twice after this entrepreneurship conference. And so, and each time I was dating a different guy because at this time I'd I'd been in a long-term relationship and broke up with that long-term relationship, but just dating different people. So every time I saw Andrew, I was literally, 
literally like talking about a different guy I was dating. So God, you so were like her dating soundboard in a way? He was just very open. Yeah. We just talked about everything. It was very natural. It was very fun. And you never and made out yet? We, well, she had boyfriends. How long did this go on? the boundaries. Oh, okay. Just for like six months. But so we had hung out twice. We only hung out twice. I was leaving my company. Sweet. She was supposed to go to Burning Man with her boyfriend. Oh, by the time. way, I'm, he's eight years younger than me. So we were at different, a little bit different stages in our lives. So right. he was still in like the woo party mode, you know, and I was like, all right, 31. But then the real moment happens when we decide to go to Burning Man. We were going separately. We decided that we were going to go together. And then she gets us this camp. And so as we're going to Burning Man, I'm kind of leaving my first company. I'm in this space of exploration, trying to figure out what I want to do next. And so I kind of want my my solidarity. I want to be kind of like on my own and have that kind of freedom to just do whatever I want mm-hmm. to do at Burning Man. And Mickey, you can tell your side of what you were thinking as we go into Burning Man. <laughs> Well, okay, so we were... <laughs> he said, she said. Yeah. <laughs> well, we were... I mean, like, okay, so we, we get to Reno. So, so like, we're, we're, we were supposed to go to, to, to Burning Man, but then we spent one night in Reno before going to Burning Man. And in Reno, like, we shared a hotel room. Mm-hmm. And so in my head, I was like, maybe this could be the, f- the beginning of a fun Burning Man adventure with this new, oh, new man. Yeah. But literally, Andrew built a literal pillow fort between Andrew. us. Why like you, a pillow fort. And I was like, like you were sharing a bed and he put a pillow, he put a pillow fort in the middle. Hot and why Andrew. did you build a pillow fort? <laughs> because it was obvious to me that there was chemistry between Mickey and I, but we also had this best friendship. And I had, I had been sleeping with a lot of women. Like 75 women or something. I was 24 at the time. And so that I realized a, that I had this there. relationship that I really valued. And for By me, 24, I didn't want to confuse like, it. I didn't want to confuse it with the sexual dynamic at that point. I was like, we're really okay. good friends. She's kind of like a best friend. And that's like the surface level answer. But I think the real answer is that I realized that Mickey was a powerful woman. And if I were to even like dip my toe into this. Across it, the fort line. Across the fort line. <laughs> yeah. Underneath across the fort line. The which by the way, she definitely zone. did. Like she was sticking her hands through the pillow forts. Being like, boop, touching you. <laughs> no, I, just, I, just knew, I just knew that it was going to require a lot of attention. And like mm-hmm. I talked about, and mm-hmm. I think that this is something that a lot of young men experience is like they feel like they want their freedom to pursue whatever they want to do, to find their thing, to manifest purpose. And a relationship occurs as like an attack on that freedom of like, it's going to call for a lot of my time. And I kind of like felt that, you know, because she's such a powerful woman who knows what she wants and calls for attention. And she wants to make attention to me. Love me, damn it. Love me. And a lot of growth probably It's more like I'm no joke. I know. -hmm. Also, let me just say like, when you build a demilitarized zone between two places. I mean, it makes it more fun. I know. <laughs> so that is a very clever seduction it actually, technique, right? I was just like, challenge accepted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's do this. And so then we get to Burning Man and he has this tent that he's sleeping in. And I slept, I was sleeping in, these, in an RV with like a bunch of like random chicks I'd never met, of which like one girl, like we'll never forget. It's just a funny, funny line between her. She always kept saying, that was such a weird musical transition. <laughs> and just like taking the music at Burning Man so seriously. And we were just like, oh my God. Wow. Like, so we like got, we like hung out and we were just like laughing, you know, just like making fun of like the people around us, but just having a good time together. But he really wanted to establish his independence. The first night he was like, me and the boys are going to go off on our own. Just the, just us. And I didn't know anybody. Stay here, Mickey. Yeah. And so Fort then this, built. yeah. <laughs> and then this guy, wow. this other guy asked me to like go and like look at art or whatever. And I was like, sure, I guess. And I went, sure, I guess, because Andrew's ignoring me. Yeah. And so Andrew went off, like did a heroic dose of mushrooms that night. True. <laughs> How many grams? I think it was a full eighth. So not a heroic dose. Yeah. Just a healthy dose. Something, something. I mean, yeah, sure. but he was like in, in like <laughs> spent hours staring at his. Interesting space for sure. He spent hours staring at his water bottle in the middle of like deep playa. That's, That's what he said. hot, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, Super hot. And also I was wearing a rainbow poncho from Walmart because I didn't understand like the costume. So what you're supposed to wear at Burning Man. I like sex. It was so unset. He was like where he had his full beard, he had a poncho on, and he was like staring at his water bottle. Staring at his water bottle. That's true love when you can just get through all of that. (laughs) And a pillow cord. I know, right? And so so then that night we get back to the our, our, our camp and it was like four o'clock in the morning and this guy, like this guy who was like trying to mac on me was like, hey, want to come check out my RV? And I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll be right back. And so then I like creep over to Andrew's tent and just like kind of just, just like 
just peer into his tent. Just and in my heart, I thought he wasn't going to be there. I thought, or I thought maybe he, he'd be hooking up with another woman. But there he was by himself snoring. And oh. I was so elated. And I was <laughs> and I was a little bit under the influence myself. And so I like I was so excited. I just like I like opened his tent up and just like went and like gave him a kiss. Cause I was so excited. And then he like opened his eyes and then freaked out. And I was like, what do you mean? How'd you freak out? Well, I just, just woke up and there's this strange thing that I can't even see <laughs> okay. in my tent. So I was like, what the fuck is happening right <laughs> yeah, now? Okay. Yeah. Just my future wife smooching me. I know. And then I was like, no, no, stay, stay, come. And so we cuddle and we wake up. I was and I so don't uncomfortable. cover my tent properly. So like the next morning we wake up and we're just sweaty, cake, caked in dust and Ugh. sweaty. And yeah. so like we leave. And so I go and I fall asleep somewhere else. And then a couple hours later, I come back to my tent and I see that somehow there's this like beautiful tarp like layered over my tent. And I was like, what happened? No, and then he looked inside his tent and everything had been cleaned out. And then his bike that was broken was oh. fixed. And I did all that. I fixed his bike and got his tent organized and fixed his whole thing. So I was impressed in that moment. I was like, okay, so here's this like very resourceful like woman who like just had the compassion to like fix this situation for me, which is beautiful. And then we headed off on our, our first big date. Again. Yeah. And so, and so, so then I was like, so I run to him at, at Brent breakfast. He's like, oh, that was so sweet. And I was like, look, it's Burning Man. If you want to kiss me or if I want to, if we want to just have a good time, let's, let's just not overthink it. Let's just have a good time. Like, like, if you want to kiss, let's kiss. We don't. It's fine. But like, let's just have a good time. Like, I will be your friend after we leave, no matter what. And he was like, all right. And so we go off that. And then so there's this place called Costume Cult. Have you heard of this place called really Costume Cult? Yes. It's I crazy. I can't believe you haven't been. You're, you're I have been. There's a place called Costume Cult where these these people bring like thousands of costumes to give away for free to people mm. coming at Burning Man because people who don't know what costumes or whatever. Like they might have a rainbow poncho like a horrible, from Walmart right. or whatever. And, and, it's an upgrade from the poncho. Yeah. The poncho didn't make it in there. And and But in order to get a, a, a costume, you have to walk a, a catwalk, like an actual run way in a runway show mm -hmm. it's like brilliant and so we go in the back i find this like sexy like you know pharaoh outfit for andrew i take his poncho i throw it away i'm like just don't just don't look back pretend like that <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i throw it away and then and then i try run back to the other side to watch him walk down the catwalk and so as he's walking down the runway, like the catwalk all sexy in his pharaoh outfit that's the moment that i fell in love with him that was it and so then later that day, now I'm kind of like upgraded in the costume department. We go to this other place called District and it's this like yeah. massive dystopian like dance party. It looks like you're Super on Mars popular, and yeah. like yeah. hoses spraying water on everybody. And Mad so we're, Max, we're like, there dancing mm -hmm. and there's just kind of like this loud techno blaring. And so we're dancing. And, and he's not looking at me. And I'm kind of just like looking all over because there's so much distraction and just things happening. And then Mickey just looks at me and she's like look at me like why aren't you looking me in the eyes while we're dancing and i'm like usually i would say no i wasn't like look at me i was like hey like hey you know like when we're dancing like it'd be really sweet if you like look me in the eyes you know no, it was a beautiful i love that you said that i feel like a lot of people would want that but then don't they say it oh 100 so she makes this request and normally i would just be like sure like I'll, and I'll, i make eye contact and i started dancing with her but the reality is that there was like a reason that i wasn't looking her in the eyes mm. and so i was like you know what? I'm going to tell her. And so I take her off the dance floor and we go across to this kind of like shoddy little Duck bar Pond. called Duck Pond. And I was like, so I actually, you know, I could have just kept dancing, but the reality of why I'm not looking in your eye is because I kind of have this aversion to making eye contact with people. I grew up with a lazy eye. And so my left eye is stronger than my right eye. And growing up as a kid, when I would make eye contact with people, my right eye would wander. And so I got made fun of a lot for it. And so I like wouldn't make eye contact. Oh, so and it's like it's much anxious. And so I was totally anxious. And yeah. she was the first person that I'd ever told this to in my entire life because oh. it had always been this like point of insecurity. Mm -hmm. And so it's like this moment of whatever. It was something about her that called me to share this part of myself that I'd never shared with anybody. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I was like, there was this, this moment of recognition of like, this woman just got me to share a part of myself that I was scared to share before that. And that's when I kind of really touched that place of like, well, this is something that I want to explore further. And how did you explore it further? Well, that night we took we, some MDMA for, for the, first the first time ever with the two of us. And we decided oh, that so after doing that, so. around 3 a.m. in the morning, we have these little kind of like gummy LED rings. And I'm like, well, the only real way to honor this connection is to get married at Burning Man. And she's yep. like, 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so we make our plan. We go into like the book that has all the programming. Have you burning. had sex well, no. yet? Yeah, that, well, that night we have sex that because we kissed we that sex. night and then you proposed to me in the RV yeah. when we that were on, so, we were on like, we were like, woo, on MDMA. This is a marriage so made in Bur- at Burning Man oh, on MDMA. Well, Sorry. no, no, but then, the, yeah, well, so then the next day we got married sober. We got married sober the next day. Because so we, it was like kiss, propose, sex, yeah. marriage. marriage. The next day. Yes. Well, so, but After a lot of friendship <laughs> yeah. and dancing. You forgot about the dancing. The dancing yeah. was there. I got to paint the picture <laughs> well, of what the marriage Well, friendship for two days. Like. So basically we find this place called Wedlock Ranch. And so we walk over to Wedlock Ranch and just says, we'll marry you at Burning Man. And there's a guy there and his name is Reverend Funk Pocket. And we find Reverend Funk Pocket and Reverend Funk Pocket has a poncho on, a Fu Manchu and a ukulele. And he's just sitting there and we're like, are you the the reverend? He's like, yes, I am. And so we decide to get married on the pier to nowhere, which is this lifelike, probably like 150 yard pier. Uh, that's just massive. And so Wednesday. No, so it's a pier. So it's a desert and there's a pier, like a, like to a, nowhere. Like a pier to nowhere. And underneath they put speakers with sounds of the waves. This is in mm-hmm. the desert. And at the end of this pier, there were fishing rods where you could fish for your dreams. That's marriage. It's like wow. the most, be- we, we spent the first two nights there watching the sunset and we were just like loving that place. We're like, that's where we want to get married. Yeah. And so Reverend Funk Pocket. And I'll sundown. see you there tomorrow at sundown. All right. I'll see you tomorrow at sundown. And then the next day, we basically spend a few hours separately trying to, you know, like before we get married. And I, I randomly at maybe not so randomly at Walmart before we get got to the burn, I'd bought like a spool of like white fabric from from Walmart. You didn't even know. Didn't why. even know why. Just bought a white spool of fabric and then made this dress um, out of this white spool. And then he. Um, and then tell your story about how, what you so wore. I'm, I'm walking. And he's, by the way, he's wore, he had this huge beard. I didn't know what his face looked like. He could have had a short chin. He could have had like a weird <laughs> shit, like face something. I don't know. We don't know. I don't know. I didn't know what he looked like. It's a good chin. I, it worked I barely out really knew well. him. I'm yeah. looking at his chin and it worked out well. Yeah. Thank, God. Thank you. Wednesday. But before, but then. So as I'm walking to the pier, I'm walking out and all I have on is a white lungi. So it's basically like a bed sheet that I had fashioned as a, this kind of like dress. And as I'm heading out, this guy comes in and he's like, you're going to your wedding, right? And he's like, is that what you're wearing? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, you can't get married. Like, God, no. Oh, he's yeah. like, don't do that. So he takes me in his RV and he has all these like brand new suits with like floral what? patterns and seersucker. And he's like, which one do you want? And I see this like brand new baby Brooks Brothers, blue. baby blue seersucker With a tuxedo suit. shirt. And I'm like, that one's awesome. And he's like, take it. And I was like, no, oh he was like, God. but first shave your face. Yeah. So I go back and I shave my beard off. Look completely. at this guy go. What is his name? He gives me. <laughs> Jameson. I, I, I can't. Well, so it's Jameson, but the guy okay. who gave me the suit is, is a very well. No, but Jameson gave, gave you the Oil suit. magnate's son who I can't mention. <laughs> I was just hoping he had some sort of crazy playa name like Funk Pocket. <laughs> this was a guy who I think he was sitting in a chair just doing a bunch of, I think, ketamine by himself for seven days straight. And, Waiting for you to come in. <laughs> exactly. And get your suit. Just to creating get these moments for people who are waiting and so he shaves I, his face i walk in and i and i'm like this one and it's a 38 regular which is my side and so i put this thing on it fits like a dream and i'm walking out and i was like i'm bringing it back right after the wedding and he was like what are you talking about I'm, give that back to me and oh. i was like what do you mean and he just gives me this brand new oh he's like keep it suit. you he's know like, have yours. a great wedding yeah. oh my god and so he walks okay. out so then he like saunters like a prince, shaved face, brand new, beautiful suit that <laughs> like, well, fits shit. perfectly, walks the pier to nowhere and the sun setting. I'm like fashioning this like wedding dress and then I'm like riding my bicycle with like my train flying, like getting there. Oh. And then I'm like sprinting up the pier to look for him. And and then I see this like gorgeous man like staring at me like and I was like, oh, wow, he's so handsome. But where's Andrew? I literally <laughs> didn't recognize him. Wow. I didn't recognize him. And, and he was like, you know, like, what do you think? I was like, what? Andrew, like, wh- husband, you? My, are you my husband? <gasps> are you my husband? And I was so excited <laughs> that he looked like such a prince. And what? that was like my, that was like such a moment of like, I really fell in love. How with many years ago was this? Eight years. Yeah. 2011. Cause you have newlywed energy. We well, do. Well, te- yeah. technically, so we got married that year. Then we got married again at Burning Man. And now we the got married year. officially. We got married, the fo- we got married the following year in front of all of our friends. And then we got married this past year. Um, so leading up to this so you kind of are wedding. Yeah. yeah. Did you have any any fear? We're like, man, I don't know. I'm marrying somebody after three days. But you were friends. It was, it was mostly. No, we barely knew each other. Remember, we met twice before. We hung out twice. <laughs> We and hung then out there was twice. A fort in bed. We didn't then, know each other at all. That was a risk. Yeah. 
Isn't that what they call a shotgun wedding? Yeah. I think so. No, a shotgun wedding. Doesn't a shotgun wedding mean that she's pregnant? Is that a shotgun wedding? Oh, is that what that means? I think so. Uh I don't know. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Okay, Uh wait. I got the storyline wrong. Somehow I thought you were friends first. Okay, this is an even crazier story. Two, than I two hangs. We hung out twice. Yeah. It was like an Indian like betrothed ceremony where they you only meet, you know in India yeah. you only meet the person like once yeah. or twice and then you like marry them. We had probably spent a collection of about twenty hours before we actually got married. I'd like wow, to see y'all made a really great de- yeah. decision on that because I look back sometimes thinking that some of the guys that I was with I would marry and then I'm like fuck no, <laughs> wow that would have been a disaster. Yeah, I want to see studies about. But it the was the time frame of really making a connection with somebody. Of course, it will vary from person to person and scenario to scenario. But I bet there's science about just how if you ask the right questions and under the right circumstances, you can make a really smart life decision yeah. in 20 Plus, hours. Every, I'm just guessing. Yeah, but one Burning Man day at Burning Man, like one Burning Man day is like, I feel like a month. It's you know? dog years. It's just like, a, it's really, it's really like that. And then also when we, when we left the playa to make it really feel real, he like, asked me to change my flight and to redirect my flight to go to meet his mom. And mm-hmm. so I went, I flew to DC and met his mom. What did mom say? Oh, mom, mom was totally on board because it's like this otherworldly experience. And we had both done this drug for the first time. And I wanted to show her that this was something that I was, I was committed to in the default world, you know, away from Burning Man. Yeah. And so I think that introducing her to my mom was this way to be like, this is your, we're in. Yeah, yeah, it was great. And then, but then of course, then, then he, we were long distance for a year and a half. That was very hard. And then we, you know, the first few years of our relationship was really, really hard because like, but to really get to know each other, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and like, and so it was not hard. Like, it was amazing. And there were a lot of th- little things that like we had to work through. They say the first year of marriage is the hardest. Mm. Yeah. Like that it's in, it's the seven year thing right? yeah it's like there's a lot of struggle and getting to know each other so you guys had that you and had so, the tough oh, first sure. year when they say yeah. that is does that mean are they years. married and then living together for a year or are they already living together no i feel like if i was mm. if i were to get married if me and aubrey were still in our situation and we got married like we were going to don't think it would change much right right well we well we were we were uh we we got married at Burning Man. Then we then he moved the next day to Chicago, and I we helped we practiced his house up, and I I drove with him from DC to Chicago, and then I flew back to New York. And then four months after Chicago, he moved to DC to help his build his mom's business. And then we were doing long distance for, from DC to New York for about a year and like few months, and then he finally moved to New York. And I would say that one of the That's biggest tough. themes... Yeah, it was really hard. Really tough. We're on the True Sex and Wild Love podcast, and so one of the biggest dysfunctions in those first couple of years was, was sex. sex, was actually being able to kind of meet each other in that arena. And I was 24, you know, she's eight years older than I am, and knew very specifically what she wanted. I had really never been in a committed relationship outside of high school. <laughs> and so in terms of, like, understanding my desires, knowing what I was asking for... Also porn addiction. A, a really unhealthy habit of porn, and, like, you know, how that was kind of showing up in my own desires and, you know, inability to be present with Mickey was really, was really present. And so we, we had a big, a big disconnection and there was a lot of, it was just tense. How did you navigate that? Well, so I'd say that, uh, not very well for the first two years. And then I would say after two years, we, we found a coach that we really connected with and she became this medium that allowed us to articulate our feelings and our frustration by the other one. mm. And it's like the most powerful thing she did. She just set this construct in a place where we were not in a fight. And it was just like, look, you're going to be upset. You're going to see the world differently. But what we're agreeing to is that if we want to actually move forward is that you have to articulate what the other person is feeling. And until both parties are ready to do that, you're not actually ready to move forward. You're just upset and that's mm-hmm. fine. And so it it created a space where we could talk about how we were hurting, how we were upset and basically like, being able to articulate what someone else was feeling. And then we'd be able to say, here's what we're agreeing to moving forward. Yeah. What, what got you like, to the point where you decided like we need to bring somebody else into this? You said you were struggling. Because, yeah, and- because I felt like, you know, he was watching porn, which then I felt rejected because he wasn't, he was, he was saying, you know, not, not now to me because like being with me in the bedroom at initially learning my body, learning how to finger a woman a certain way and like on their clit, like was a very, like, it was effortful initially, Mm, right? When you're first learning to strengthen those muscles, like it would actually like hurt his arm and it would be like a really, 
challenging thing, you know? Right. <laughs> that can be a workout. You know it what I mean? And so, and so, but and if you've never done it and before, and it's a readjustment. And so like, it just felt like work for him versus like, oh, a sexual relaxation experience versus like watching porn, which is jerking off, you're done. Right. You know, mindless. so it's mindless. Yeah. And so there was that and I felt rejected. I felt like he was choosing like a catalog of different breasts and butts and vaginas over me. Mm. But it was really, it was just, it wasn't that. It was like, he wanted so much to please me and pleasure me. It just was like really hard to figure, like to really get himself figured out because he just never done it before. I feel like that happens too with a lot of men. Correct me if I'm wrong, is that they do want to know how to do it, but it's almost intimidating and it causes fear because they don't know how. And it also can be scary to talk about it. There's no sex ed. There's no pleasure ed. That's for sure. So you're watching porn. Yeah. And like, maybe this is where I get my moves. Yeah. Which is is not, no, right. And some of them are the, the The other thing was like, I also felt like, you know, and this is before working with Lauren, our coach, where it was like, I felt like I was always the one initiating sex and I was always the one like asking for it. And I was always the one asking to be complimented or like, I feel like I'm naked. You're not saying anything. You know what I mean? Like, right. I feel like, yeah. like you're just, I'm just like your roommate. I don't want to be that. I want you to like really love me, mm-hmm. like, and really see and, and not take me for granted. And so he, and so he, um, and so the coach, so basically we, we, our coach helped us create a love contract and also taught us this thing called bodegas, which is like what's in my bodega versus what's in his bodega. In my bodega, it might be like, you know, turning lights off in the bathrooms, like making sure the toilet seat's down. Like, you know, I'm, I'm the one initiating sex, right? Yeah. His bodega is taking out the trash, like ordering the food and having to agree to say yes to me when I proposition him in the bedroom, right? So like if I say, he has to say yes to me at least twice a week. And so what we, what, what we in, in a love contract, we agree, so my, our coach helped us create a love contract. I love that and love in the love contract, it was like, okay, how many times do you want to have sex, Mickey, per week? Andrew, how many times a week do you want to have sex? He was like, once or twice. And I was like, five or six. Okay. <laughs> and so you there's got a it discrepancy, there. right? Discrepancy. Yeah. And so we agreed to two to three times a week. Right. And I was like, but this one, and he's like, well, it's more than I. And so we finally like found that, that, that compromising, that sweet, spot. that sweet spot. I'm like twice, two to three times a week, I'd be happy with. So then yeah. in my bodega, which is, I know that I'm just going to initiate because that's just what I do more anyway. So I'll initiate having sex, but he has, he has to say, oh my God, yes. Like super excitedly to me, two to three times a week. You know, okay. and he can't be like, no, tomorrow. He goes, oh my God, I can't wait. Like, <laughs> so he had to retrain himself to say yes like that. Because initially he'd be like, sure, I get, you know, or it'll be like, okay, tomorrow morning or whatever. And I'd be like, that doesn't make me feel good when you don't say it like really excitedly. Yeah, you I want, want you to feel, I want to feel like excitement. You want right. to be wanted. Do I want to be wanted. But I love that you found the language to yeah. tell your partner, okay, you needed another person to do it. Who wouldn't? But you found the language and the self-possession to say, first of all, this is a legit desire and yeah. now I'm going to find the language for it. How many people would just yeah. say there's something wrong? By the way, discrepant desire where the woman has more desire. I have heard it hundreds Mm -hmm. of times. It is so common. Uh We don't have enough data about it, but women don't know how common it is. So everybody feels ashamed. I love that you just took it by the horns. For me, I think it has to do a lot with intimacy too, because for me, I live, I'm an entrepreneur. I have to be very masculine. I mean, not masculine, like manly, masculine in my approach of building business, right? Right. Masculine in you is like the business builder, the forward thinking, like the person who makes decisions and Mm -hmm. who has to like take charge. Yeah. In the bedroom, I'm in my feminine. And for me, like it's my balance. It's my place where I can just be like, ah, you know? And so when I, when I, when I'm in my feminine, like I feel, I feel a sense of, of equilibrium in myself. And so for me, like when I want that time with him, it's not always like fucking or sex or like him having to get me off. It's like, I just want to like pillow talk and like mm-hmm. caress and yep. him to make me feel good and him to like hold me and look me in the eyes and just coo at me and like that kind of stuff, you know? And so that's the stuff that, that, that I would be like, just say, can't you just say yes to that? It's free and it's like lovely and it's just sweet. And he's just like, so, so in the negotiation mm-hmm. of the love contract, we agreed to sex two to three times a week. Now it's mostly twice a week. I'm perfectly happy with that. And then we negotiated four compliments a day. Ooh, so, nice. so where it's I like, like that. where he has to compliment me. So it's not taking yeah. me for granted where it's like, right. 
for him, does he need the compliments? I'm, I compliment him all the time. Right. Oh my God, that shirt is so hot on you. Like, oh my God, your butt looks so great. Wow, I just love your face. It's so gorgeous. I'm. That's just me. I just that's do that you. all the time. And I want, I'm like, words of affirmation is like one of my love languages, like genuinely. And and so, so for him to like be constantly reminded of like, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so in the contract, I signed off on saying I'm going to compliment her four times a week, which or four times a day, which is just like, mm. I love that outfit. Oh, your hair looks really nice. Oh my God, it's just like making me feel not like overlooked. Love, right. And noticed. Loved and noticed and seen. seen. And I think it's so important to know our love languages too, because we come into, in whatever capacity that looks like for you. And we come into these relationships and we're all of a sudden supposed to know how to love you perfectly. Right. And we can't even talk about it. There's (laughs) no communication about it, but we need to know how to do it. Right. And then when you don't, how dare you can't, you can't like, can't you read what I'm thinking? You don't even love me. Yeah. In fact, we should break up. When I think one of the important <laughs> dynamics to acknowledge there as well is that when I was when I was trying to do that, like we talked that about happened it, last like, week, by the way, <laughs> I, I needed I needed to learn the skills of, of pleasuring Mickey, of getting her off, of touching her the way she wanted to be touched, of making extended eye contact and all these other things that I wanted for myself. But also when I'm in the bedroom, I want to tap into like my masculine. It's like mm-hmm. I want to feel powerful. I want to be a little more aggressive and dominant. And those are just some kind of like inherent desires in me. And so when I was being led, because she was very clear, here's how I want to be touched. Mm -hmm. Here's what I want. I want this much time before. And the reality is that so much of my sexual relationships were happening either through porn or when I was drunk. It's like they were kind of thoughtless. Uh, Right. Mm -hmm. So um, what happened last week? Well, so no, last week I wanted to take a stroll, like stroll to see, to go see our son at Whole Foods, who was, there was like every week at Whole Foods, there's like a singing thing. And, and like, and, and we didn't really have anything going on in the morning. Neither of us, we both, our calendars are open. And I which was like, probably like which, is rare, entrepreneur. which is so rare. And so I was like, you want to come take a stroll with, with me to go and see Hero, like at Whole Foods? And, and he was like, no, nah, I don't want, he's like, I don't want to, I want to, I have work to do. And I was like, I despise you. <laughs> that, went, that went from zero it, to seven. I know because because I was just like I felt once again it triggered my rejection. It triggered him choosing porn over me. It, it just sometimes like it was a cascade. It effect. was just a moment of just like I can't like like here I am like bearing my soul for you just to take a stroll with me when you don't have anything going on. You want to sit in front of your computer. I'm like your priorities are. And I was just like, you just want to, like like, don't you want to see your son and your, and make your wife like happy? Like instead you want to just sit in front of your computer and like just do work that you don't really have to do right now. Like meanwhile, fuck you. Meanwhile, he <laughs> thought, he thought he was just saying no to a walk. <laughs> right. And I was just like, ugh, you know, so yeah. So in those, like, it, it, and that's me like, at, like crying for like attention and love yeah. and, just, yeah. and just like him wanting to just be like, you know, one of the negotiation things that we negotiated in the, in the love contract is how much time post coital. So like after sex, oh, right. Okay. And he, and this I was like, one. I was like 15 minutes. He was like, oh, no, I can't commit to that. I can commit to five minutes. And I was so rejected again because I'm like, you don't want to spend, after you come inside of me, you can only spend a maximum of five minutes after. And I was just like, you know, but that, but then, but then Lauren was like, that's his number right that's now. That's his number. And so, it's the minimum. So no, but a, it's, it's always a, like, it's a misrepresentation it, no. of it. It's saying that I can commit that at a minimum, not a maximum. What no. I'm saying is that I, was, I, I remember I'm we went up state. setting the habit of being there for five minutes at a minimum. So that you feel held, but it was after no. I come inside of you. It's a minimum. That's that's. Can I say life. one thing? Can I make a quick intervention? Yeah. Okay. First of all, I love how this argument is happening right now in real time. <laughs> and who listening does not have a thing with their primary person where they do this thing? They think it's a little thing, and it's not, right? Because it's the cascade effect. Because it's this and this and this, and I feel rejected. I love how right before we were talking about it, we were talking about <laughs> building a culture of appreciation in your marriage with compliments mm. and thank you. Yes. You guys are doing all the things so that when you have this flashpoint, yes. you've built so much of a foundation yeah. right. it's for like it a complete to not explosion. crumble. Because yeah. yeah. some people would have that, I feel rejected, and that's it. Like right. If you have an insecure attachment style and you feel rejected or an avoidant one, that's you're it. Like, done. You're out. Yeah. I love the foundation and you getting our listeners to understand, thank you. Mm. Thank your partner as much as you can. Thank them, thank them. They will thank you back. 
and compliment them yeah. because it's money in the bank right. and it's the foundation of your house. Yeah. And love also what you guys are doing by speaking your truth, right? Like <laughs> for you, you want 15 minutes and you're like, no, sorry, I, what I want is five, you know, <laughs> instead of just saying, okay, fine, I'm going to do it and then not communicating about it and then getting irritated when you're laying there for 15 minutes, you know? Right. So much becomes clear from your love contract. Okay, what about the love contract? This yes. is... And we have like no phones in the bedroom. This is wonderful. No phones in the okay, bedroom. Okay, well, yeah, what else in the contract. Yeah. No phones. Post-coital time, number of times, times per, per week, sex. compliments. She has to, if she wants to say schedule a dinner. So like if you and Aubrey are coming into town and she wants to schedule that lunch, she would have to ask me before she like basically arranges my time. For right. Me. So she would okay. have to, she has to reach out to me Because before I would just be like, oh, someone wants We're to have dinner, dinner with us or lunch with us and these cool, awesome people. And he sure. would get, and I'd be like, yeah, obviously, of course, I'd love that. would be so much fun. And then he would get mad at me originally because he's like, you didn't ask me. But I'm like, but I get to introduce you to the coolest people. You should be saying thank you. And right. instead, you're like getting mad at me. Fuck you. So that was the fight in me. But instead, he was like, well, you can't control my time. I'm like, yeah, but you wouldn't be having these great in- in- like introductions to these new knows? awesome people. Who knows? For some people, there's a gender script still where like women are in charge of the social plan. Like my husband is 60 years old. Like the gender script is that like I'm in charge of the social life. So like neither of your positions were out there. Right, right, right. But What's you had out? to put it in the contract. Yeah, yeah. Can I hear what else is in the contract? The phone thing. And, and the, so no phones in the bedroom and no phones, uh, phones on airplane mode outside the bedroom so that we have our, our space in the room just for us. And That's and, sexy. Yeah. And then we also have a rule where if we do break that con- that love contract rule, specifically that one, the other person has to buy the other person dinner. Oh, yeah. sweet. Because that yeah. means time. It's a positive consequence. Time together. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's a positive consequence. It's not like, well, if you do that, then you have to like, you know, clean the toilets. It's not like some negative consequence. No, it's, a, it's a fun, positive, yeah. win win. Yeah. Okay. Love contract listeners. That Ooh, is a maybe you can good do one. one where it's, I'm doing one tonight. With my <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm trying it's to think of birthday. a consequence. Oh, He's happy getting birthday. a birthday love contract. Yeah. yeah little stud over there. <laughs> um, I was thinking about a consequence and maybe a consequence if I were to have a love contract would be if you bring the phone into the bedroom, if someone breaks it, then you have to give me a pussy massage. I love That's that. Like great positive. That's an amazing Mark, positive consequence. Pussy massage. Yeah. Oh, thirty, Babe, can you 30 minutes? There. Absolutely. You can use toys. If you whatever. mess up on the contracts, then we get to pull out the whips and chains. Great. <laughs> I win situation. Here we go. Yes. I love everybody wins. We didn't even get to talk yet about, okay, sorry. First of all, I love the contract. Second of all, we didn't get to talk about like having how having a child impacted your relationship. Can we talk about that a little bit? It's such a huge thing. It's I feel like in the initial phases of marriage, I was in a hurry. I was 35 when I got married. It was like time to have a baby, right? Yeah. And then it was like, we were having a great time. And then all of a sudden I was pregnant and it was like an atomic bomb oh. in the middle of our marriage, right. the pregnancy. And then the baby, t- I mean, you guys said your careers, that you came together so quickly that you were negotiating all this stuff, that there was porn usage, that you Deal had a rejection so thing going work on. And, and then yeah. you added a baby. Can you talk about it a little bit? How, how did you do that? I mean, I think that we approached having a baby the same way we approached starting a, a company as we were looking at... Like, with a lot more love. I mean, like, with love, too. You know? <laughs> are we, are <laughs> we going to be passionate But honestly, like, yeah. are we going to be passionate about this for a long time? Yeah, we're both, going in, both yeah. of us knew that it's something we wanted so deeply. But then we also were like, okay, so how much time do we need during the day? It's like, what type of nanny do we want? Do we want to live in? We tried an au pair. That was definitely not what we wanted. And we got rid of her within, you know... Eight months. Like, I think even... No, it was eight that. months. Eight Trust months. me, to the day. It's like, I but counted then, every it's like what you talked about finding people. It's like we we interviewed so many different nannies and ends up finding this incredible woman who's like now we've kind of like, you know. She lives with us. She lives um, in our in our townhouse, our fir- in our basement floor yeah. with her 22-year-old son. And so we have like, you know, a if it's family vibes, right? Yeah. She's like my son's grandma. Mm. And she, you know, she she loves him like her own. And, and so, and the, the, the negotiation that we had with her was that we'll let you live in our home for next to free if you, and now free, but that then it was like next to free. Mm. If when, whenever we want to go out, you just have to turn the monitor on because you live there. He sleeps mm. through the night. He's never woken up one time. But if you, if we ever go out, you're at home anyway, watching movies or TV, whatever, hanging out with your son, having dinner, whatever. And we want to go out dinner, whatever, at, at, at like a drop of the bucket without having to like, 
you know, give you any notice. We just, and, and if you're home, then we would like to have you, you know, just make sure that you, the hero's fine. That's She's the like, deal. That's the deal. And she was like, no problem. Because she's 56 year old, 57 year old woman who just loves to be at home with her kid and cook and go take walks, go to the church twice a week. Right. Like she's just like a good, loving, God-fearing woman. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, and that's like a, that's like a perfect situation. You found your perfect alum. Yeah. And so, and so we like went out last night to like, you know, 12, one o'clock and it was fine. Today we're here. Like in any situation, if she's at home, she just turns the monitor on or she's with him and it's, it's like, we, we, we make exceptions for each other too. If she has to do stuff and we have to, we just, we, we, it's a family, right? And so it's just, we, we were, our situation is, is like really choice. You know, it sounds like you gave yourself this thing that parents of young children never have. You found a way to give yourselves spontaneity. Yes. Oh my God. Like when you have a kid, that's next to impossible. You just, what everybody says is we couldn't be spontaneous anymore. We couldn't be spontaneous in our going out. We couldn't be spontaneous in our sex life. We couldn't be spontaneous in our friendships. There was no spontaneity left. Good job, guys. We also love kind of like taking our kid to spaces where there are not other kids and saying, if I piss off a few people because we have a loud child, but then show some parents that they can actually bring a kid to a space, fuck your comfort because raising a kid is really hard and I'd rather create spaces where parents can do that. And so it's like, you know, today we were at like art studios and Daybreaker and like all these other places. And so we just kind of commit to that. of like, we'll go places with the kid. This makes me excited to have kids. I go back and forth every once in a while because I sometimes I hang out with kids and I'm like, good. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I just can't. She's been spending some time with my child. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yours are very well behaved, actually. And my children's friends. Yes. (laughs) You got like a deluge. There's been a lot. How how old are your kids? Children recently. Almost have, 12 and 18. Wow. wow. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but this makes me excited because you guys have figured out how to still have your life in spontaneity and build your relationship and bring out the whips and chains, you know, and the work and the, the work and run a business and have the most adorable kid I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. Except for mine. The best, <laughs> for yours. The best yeah. advice I've ever heard. <laughs> adorable toddler. I'd yes. say the, my favorite advice and that bear. I've ever heard about raising kids is it was some man that I met one time and he said, if you love your life and you love your wife, your kids are going to be okay. And obviously you got to be there, but it's like, I mean, we're, we're showing show a photo the camera. Of show the camera. But it's like, again, of like, if you actually create the space where they so are cute. coming up in love and yes. people who are lit up by their lives, like they're going to have the embodied experience and exposure to that. It's like, you can tell them things about what that looks like yeah. to be in love, to love your life, or you can just do it. They can just experience it. They can imprint that energy. I so. love also your point about bringing your child to places where you go. In most places in the world, we do not separate children right. out. They're just there. Right. They're there with the adults because they figure the adults out how, are yeah. doing what they're they doing. Do. So in this day and age, like people like change their life to take care of the kid and then they resent it. And children are yep. in separate yeah. spaces only with children. And worldwide, that's really not normative. That's so not, yeah. I love that you're pushing it and bringing kids into other spaces. I remember somebody in Italy saying to me, he was Australian and he said, we can't really take our, the, the, baby out to dinner with us even in the stroll if the baby's asleep because it, it it's like bringing a dog somewhere people just look at us like it's the craziest thing <laughs> how did we get to this point in the industrialized west where children need to be in separate spaces right sorry so you're no. you're you're thinking about you're like you're having the call kids yeah <laughs> i have the call every once in a while okay. <laughs> stay there Aww. for a very long time but it's definitely there and i was ta- I've talked you're still about young though you're still a baby you're fine <laughs> yeah i want twin boys <gasps> Ooh, that's her plan that's it's a very specific <gasps> plan it is i just but i love be that little hellions i know they're gonna drive me fucking batshit crazy but i'm also gonna love them so much <laughs> i feel I it. Know it i feel it too so yeah. much. <laughs> i can't Thanks. wait i'll host the baby shower okay great yeah yeah so the that's an- on me so the answer is it's really it's really it's really a system having a really good system in place all of, like right now one of my girlfriends is with him playing with him because she just wanted to come over and play with him so she's like literally at my house hanging out with him my nanny's there too but she's mainly there taking care of him and so we we have a really great group of friends who love him and also, like, it's the system. It's like you have a good system. You have a good, like, you set it up where you don't resent each other. You don't mm-hmm. resent the baby. You don't. They don't resent you. Like, 
it just flows. And Resentment think, is the monster that eats love. Right. Mm, beautifully said. And that's been, again, I think one of the biggest things that our coach gave us is that she created a space where we didn't have to hold on to anything. anything within each other. We get it out there. It's like we exist in a place of truth. So it's like when something happens, most of the time we're responding to what they say and not like all this built up shit that we haven't actually addressed from eight years of our relationship. And so I think that that's so crucial. Like when we went for the, when, when, when he said no to me to the stroll last week, mm. I was like, the no, no. almost ended the marriage. <laughs> <laughs> I was like legit PMSing. I was legit. It's real. Like it's real. It's real. It's real. And also it's real. when our rejection gets triggered, we are not, we We're go not ourselves. into a yeah. state. Yes. Yes. I hear you. Yeah. And then I, I really apologize. Well, I sent her, I sent her a text in the middle of it and I was like, do you realize how hilariously mean what you are saying right now is? Because she over-rotated so hard that I was like, this is absurd. I was like, you've got nothing going on right now. It's more important than your 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 wife and your child. Like, your priorities are fucked. Like, and so, but we, we came back and I, an and, asshole. I, and I laughed I about it. You. But then I realized that I was kind of holding on to it when we were supposed to go and have lunch the next day. And so I wrote down these things and I was like, hey, here's what I'm feeling. And then she just heard me and she was like, hey, I apologize. And so she like recognized that, mm, you know, so like I just... I felt that and she responded to that and it, it wasn't a big thing. So it was like, you know, within half a day, we were course corrected. And we went and we had a great lunch. I think if you can say thank you and say, I'm sorry, you can stay married. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You need to be able to say yeah. those things and mean them. And not say, I'm sorry, but, and that's what I learned too. Ooh. It's like, and it can be so humiliating to say, I'm sorry. Yeah. I just, it he was just be. like, you say you're so mean. And I was like, I'm sorry. That's literally, and he was like, waiting for me to like add something but I just said I'm just I'm sorry. That is so important. Something that drives me batshit crazy is when someone will apologize or like yeah I'm sorry I know how it feels because you blah blah (laughs) (laughs) oh hell no you say you're sorry and then you take it away (laughs) oh it drives me insane it makes my head pop off I literally clenched a fist when you said it because I was (sighs) feeling it I'm the person who very much will say like to Joel like it seems like we're at an impasse why am I the one who's like oh you know what like divorce is an option right right. (laughs) why do I catastrophize after 19 years of marriage why do I make myself go to that place of like well, we can just end it. Yeah. That's my like avoidance. Because that's, what you, that's what you feel. In the moment. That's what I feel in the moment, yeah. right? But because I had it pounded into my head to say thank you and say I'm sorry, we're not divorced yet. <laughs> I don't know. Who 19 knows, years. Who knows what the 20th year could bring? But no. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> my husband's right there. It's his birthday but, today, too. He's like, thanks, sweetie. <laughs> Just be able to say I'm sorry and mean it and be able to say thank you. Thank you is the biggest thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, I don't know, do I'm going home contract. and doing a love and, contract. You know, I mean, Andrew, Andrew's taught me so much about gratitude. I mean, his, well, actually, let's talk about tribute really quickly because I haven't talked about it yet. His company tribute is yeah, all about gratitude. So very quickly. So it's easy. So what's your husband's name again? Joel. Joel. So it's in his 60th birthday. Mm, 61. 61. So imagine that today he woke up and he got a video of all of his best friends, family members who had submitted a one minute video telling him why they love him. So that's a tribute video. And yeah. we created this collaborative video. Why didn't software. you tell me yesterday, Andrew? <laughs> Not too it late. takes you Joel, 10 minutes to do it. We're literally. gonna take care of this. Don't you worry about it. But so it's basically the experience of like your living eulogy. Of like why wait until someone's gone to tell them all the things that they've done to impact your life, why you love them, why you appreciate them. And so we created a platform that makes it easier for people to express their authentic. But like but like the hardest oh, wow. the hardest thing is like collecting the videos from different people. Okay. Like think about it. So so what Tributes then is easily collects videos from multiple people and uploads them and you can move them around and edits them together into a video montage. And that's what's so powerful about it because there's nothing like on the internet that does that in such a seamless way that takes multiple, because like when I tried to do the tribute video for him, which is, you know, which was the first. What inspired the business. What inspired. I got one of these when I was 27 and it took her like 15 hours to create the video from like oh. files from Dropbox Drive, mm-hmm. text message. People were like, I was like, not portrait, landscape. Oh my God, came in Pixley. Can you Dropbox it? Oh, it's, <laughs> oh wait, can you email it? Oh wait, excuse me. It's now three days in. Like, can you please like send it to me? Like, oh, don't forget to send it to me. So his thing says, sends automatic reminders. It sends everyone an email. You just literally yeah. press the button. Button, it pops up on your phone. You shoot the video, you press done, and then it's done. You and resolved takes, the issues that people might encounter if they're trying to do it themselves. A, monta- a video montage. And it's such an inc- beautiful, I mean, tell them about the KPI. Well, so we have this key performance indicator that is 
100% accurate. And it is that uh, 80% of people who receive a tribute video cry tears of joy. I was going to say cry. Yeah, oh, I would joy. cry. It's literally on our customer feedback survey. It's 80%. Of we, gave, we, gave, we gave one to our friend Vic yesterday and he cried tears of joy. Yeah. Frenchman too. What's cool is that there's that, and so we do them now. We just partnered with this dementia organization. And so imagine people with kind of later stage Alzheimer's who now we create these videos with their families. And so not only do they have these videos from their family, but someone who's literally losing their memory they get to see not only who they are, but who they are to the people that love them. Mm. And it's like, here's who you are to me. Here's why I love you. And so they mm. get these powerful reminders. You know, we're doing them for people with late stage cancer battles and all sorts of stuff. But, but also just, like graduation and weddings and, and you, marriage. And, and you know, it's like every best? situation. Yeah. It's perfect. We have, we have a, a thought and it's like, if you have anything nice to say, say it all. We grow up hearing like, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Mm-hmm. If you have anything nice to say, there's no reason ever to keep your appreciation. Inside. That's right. Thank say you. It. Yeah. Say, say thank it, you. Right? Give your yeah. gratitude. Well, so it's your husband's birthday. So why don't we just do one right now? So what, what do you love most about your husband? I can count on him. I can mm. trust him to be there for me and be in my corner mm. for 20 years. He knew me for 10 years before that. So like for 30 years, mm. I could always count on him to be in my corner and to fight for me. Wow. It's great. I he love just, that. He thinks that I am the shit. <laughs> what yes. a gift. Like right. he really, really thinks it. He's been thinking it for 30 years. I love that. So, That's amazing. Yeah. What a beautiful thing. The other day in the kitchen, she goes, who loves you? Your wife does the most. (laughs) (laughs) You guys, God, love it. Uh, This has been awesome. I mean, I feel like we could go on for hours and hours. We'll have to have you both back on again, please. People have to check out Tribute. People have to... Tushy. Tushy. HelloTushy.com. HelloTushy.com. Do cool shit. Yeah, do cool shit and disrupt her or my books. Disrupt her. People have to buy things. By the way, just want to get in that the other night I was wearing things in bed and my husband said about the things, what are these kinky, great undies? So not only are they functional, some people find them very, very sexy. They are. They are. They are very sexy. We made them that way. Well, and thanks to Wit, I have homework too. I have to go on and try these things on. Yeah. And post it on Instagram. And post it on Instagram, yes. With a tag for sure. And where where and how can people follow you on your adventures and making things and relating and blazing a trail, both of you? Um, For me on Instagram at Mickey Agrawal. Yeah, M-I-K-I. You, you can, M-I-K-I-A-G-R-A-W-A-L. And it's we'll a put all of this in the show notes. Yeah, and MickeyAgrawal.com is where you can find all my work, all my projects, all, all, all my books, all the things I'm working on. She's right. always up to something extremely dope. Totally. And I'm just at, it's Andrew Horn on the ground. I-T-S, yeah. Andrew Horn. Okay. And if you Google my name, you'll, you'll see me. Oh, man. Amazing, oh. you guys. Thank y'all. You guys rock. What Thank a you surprise. For I'm so us. glad I got to meet you. This was a great conversation. So good. So mm-hmm. fun. Well, Thank you so much for having us. We're going to continue to widen the Absolutely. NYC scope. So. Let's do it. Let's do it. Thanks, guys. Yay. <laughs>